Harley right here. My name is Ben Yuka. I'm with the Zone One Three organization. Please watch my current event show every Mondays and Wednesdays when I'm talking about IT, sports, and entertainment. Don't touch that dial. Fix my grill cause I got money now. I ain't gonna sit around in front like I ain't thought about it. A perfect smile is more appealing, but it's funny how this crooked look at how far I done got without it. I keep my twisted grill just to show the kids it's real. We ain't picture perfect, but we worth the picture still. I got smart, I got rich, and I got still. And they all look like my eyebrows, thick as hell. Love yourself, girl, and nobody will. Though you a woman, I don't know how you deal. With all the pressure to look impressive and go out and heal. I feel for you, killing yourself to find a man and a kill for you. You wake up, put makeup on, stare in the mirror. But it's clear that you can't face what's wrong. No need to fix what God already put his paintbrush on. Your roommate yelling, why you gotta take so long? What is like to have a quick smile? All right, guys, Ben Yuko here with the Zoll Wildy Podcast Media. It is Monday, May 17, 2021. I'm great here in my microphone right now. Join us in the moment. Before we get started, I want to get some housekeeping to everybody. I want to say to a lot of you in the podcast, me and the Zoll Wildy community, thank you for sharing the IT sector of the business now. Over the weekend, I've get out all the prices, all the computer fixes I am going to be doing with you as the black community. I'm excited. I am happy. I am ready to do these things with you. I want us to, and if you want to see us grow, you want to see the IT sector grow, you want to see us do more things, please send us a cash donation, a PayPal donation. You know, it's what it is. $20 per month. We want you to have our full support to keep this going. And that's what it is. I want you guys to keep this momentum going. It's time. Give us a buzz. I open my email. It's it's open. I will be taking your request for things coming up. Now, as all I got to say completely about the whole situation. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about Kobe Bryant, the the basketball hall of fame of the weekend. Everybody was talking about a speech given to Kobe Bryant. But I'm also going to go over the, some of the important stuff, a little bit about that. But I'm also going to be doing a special report talking about Kevin Garnett. And now they finalized the sale of the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's, 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 a, that's such an amazing thing. It, it, was about the, it was about time to sell that team. That team needed to be sold to a diff, on, and, and let the owners come take it up and, take, and try to see what they can do with it. And also, they have now also announced the 2021 Basketball Hall of Fame of Kobe Bryant. I know why I'm going to read some of this stuff here. While delivering her speech at the NASA Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, Vanessa Bryant imagined her late husband Kobe Bryant reacting to hearing her praise. I can see him now, arms folded, with a huge grin, saying, "Is this some?" Sh-? Brian said, noting that she rarely praised her husband in a public, and that w- he would get a kick out of her speech. I said, Kobe Bryant was post harmlessly inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame along with NBA superstars like Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett. 
And you know what? I Tim Duncan, dude. Those stars, you just you you, you think about all the names. I just read there just makes you want to remember all the glory days of watching them. Even you watch the thing on ESPN, you want you want to watch them on TV. It's like, yeah, dude, you you get excited, you get excited about basketball. Especially me living in Minnesota with Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett was one of my favorite favorite players to watch. Even though it was also those big contests, but that always was the big stuff. That's what actually got me into the basketball game. But I'm gonna, I, I just want to give you a little bit of something right now, just to talk a little bit about that. That get you guys ready for Wednesday when I released the pod, um, before my current event show. I'm gonna be releasing the special report, and then in later afternoon I'll give you the current event show. So that would be very interesting there. So that's why. Brian was among a group of nine inducted into the Hall, Hall of Fame on Saturday, more than a year after their induction. Now it's for the class of 2020. Brian, who won five NBA champions, and his daughter, Gina, Gina Brian, who was 13, died in a helicopter crash in January 2020. At the start of her speech, Brian wearing a purple dress that appeared to match the Los Angeles Lakers colors would lead to the stage by Michael Jordan. Kobe was a different level, Brian said. He never took shortcuts when it came to basketball. He gave this game his all. Brian recalled how Kobe Bryant played through injury heaven. Found the minister during halftime and playing with a broken nose. She also recalled how her husband switched so which two free falls with a broken it tend them as a room applause. The injury was a big, but his comeback from the injury was bigger, Brian recalled. She said that her husband played through her injuries because he remembered seeing his favorite players like Jordan. As he sat in the nose, please said, as a little kid, and Kobe Bryant didn't want to disappoint his fans by not playing. If he could help it, he played every minute of every game. He loved you. Oh, so much, Brian said. Yeah, so that. And I'm going to read the, the last moment right here. Dear Kobe, thanks for being the best husband and father you could ever be, Brian said. Thank you for our family. Thank you for loving me enough for the last lifetimes. And every lifetime, I choose you. Brian closed out her speech by congratulating her husband on his accomplishment and being inducted to the Hall of Fame. You once told me if you're gonna bet on someone, bet on yourself. I glad you bet on yourself. You're you're overachiever. You did it, she said. You're in the Hall of Fame. You are an all time great. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and all those other stars I'll come out today. But I'm very, very impressed of the good things and the good deeds of what makes the basketball game more and so strangled and strong. So that is why I am impressed of that stuff. You know, you know, you always achieve your goals. And you know when you when you build whatever you are, the business or your family or whatever you are yourself, or whatever you're doing, you gotta have perseverance. Perseverance is one of the things you gotta have in life. And and you know people have to realize that is that is the toughest challenge that anybody can actually have. Of what you wanna do, what you wanna bet on, and what you wanna accomplish in life that can't be taken away to anybody and anybody that you can't you're wrong you're wrong that can't go away with anything because that's the way it goes and that's I'm I'm impressed of it and it's the happiest time of you have to be in a good mode of things in life and that's like people trying to think that this is 
uh, and that's like, that's not like you want to really hate. You want to want you want to do better in life. And I gotta say, to all the residents, especially, see, to all those ones judging, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, giving me my enjoyment, my basketball enjoyment in the years of high school, watching it in high school, enjoying it, getting excited. Thank you. In my childhood, like especially Kevin Grant watching at Target Center. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Because that is the that that pursues the goals that you ever have. That is way things are and that is the way things are gonna be said strong. I know I know we have not oh that these are hard accomplishments, but we can accomplish those too. And winners can be winners. It's like it's like the old saying, defeat the evil, bring the good, and let's win those black shirts. All right, here we go, here we go. Okay, now when we get to our pools, we're gonna talk about another. The 2021 has been announced, and 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 let's 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 take a listen here. D. Edward, Christopher Weber, congratulations, my brother. From one of your day ones, whether it's you balling that Temple Christian, whether it's you balling that country day winning state championships, McDonald's All-American, player of the year in the state, a member of the 5-5 driving a blue Corsica, playing in the league, going behind the back as a youngster against Charles Barkley, putting in work, going to the Wizards, doing work, and now being inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's been a long time coming, brother. It took you eight or nine years for it to finally happen. Congratulations. How did you feel when you first got the call? Well, thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, I don't know, Jinx. I'm still uh, shocked, you know. Uh, my father's very happy, so that makes me happy. My mother's happy, and uh, it's just a moment, dog, of being grateful. I'm just... Uh, just thankful, man. Just thankful to all the people, the family members and friends and family, you know, that's been around. I'm just in shock. I really don't, I really don't know what to say. <clears throat> so you're a Detroit kid. You've come so very far, balling at St. Cecilia. You put in so much time, so much energy, so much love, so much passion into your game, into your career. What are some of your most memorable moments of your playing career? Playing at 1300 Bovian. Mm. Thank you to all the police officers that were our coaches in Police Athletic League. <laughs> mm. uh, Curtis Hervey, Mr. Montgomery, my coaches for the Super Friends. Mr. Keener, Mrs. Keener, his wife, coaches at Country Day. You know, my parents, my church, Faith Baptist. The prayer warriors, all my mother's prayer warriors out there, my father, him working, you know, in the factories for 30 years, you know. So those are the things I think about. Like, I don't, the games I love and everything, but those are the things that made us, you know. You know, from uh, what your mother put in you and how we wouldn't even be here where we are if it wasn't for our parents. It had nothing to do with the game. It had to do with the family and the the love of the people in your community, your coaches, your family, your pastors, you know, and I'm just really thankful that God put all those people in my life to help me accomplish my dreams. You know, Chris, it's extraordinary to hear you thanking the people that you're thanking and to think of the impact you too have had on the game and the way that you've influenced the way that players play. Did you think when you first started out in the beginning, when you were coached by those policemen, that you would be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Nah. Whoever says they think they get into the Hall of Fame, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's not true. I remember brushing, taking a white toothbrush and some beat-up gym shoes over to Jalen's house, walking down the street, and we would get soap water and 
white uh, shoe polish and try to make our shoes look new. And uh, <laughs> who knew later that, you know, you'd be on the team that, you know, wearing long shorts and rocking what we do and just being ourselves. So, no, I didn't know if being yourself was good enough to change the game and influence people. Um, but thank God, you know, we had an impact. I love you, my brother. Congratulations. Macy Edward, Christopher Weber III. You're in the Hall of Fame, brother. You made it to the Hall of Fame. We played on the Super Friends together. Shout out to Curtis Herbie. We were 13 years old. You're in the Hall of Fame, brother. Well-deserved. Congratulations. Congratulations, Chris. Jalen Anthony Rose, <laughs> it's crazy, man. And thank God for your beautiful, wonderful mother, because you know what she did for me. Thank you, brother. I love you. I appreciate you. Love you, too. Thank you, my man. All right, guys, that was a powerful message, and Bill Russell's in, Rick, uh, Dillman, oh, it's like so many others. It's great to see that Hall of Fame and seeing that all in power is great to, to see brothers work together and see things what it is. Thank you very much. I know we can do it. And I know we can do it again. Okay, guys. Now we're going to talk about Albert Pujols' is now contract. Albert Pujols, Los Angeles Dodgers reached an agreement on a big league contract. Los Angeles Dodgers agreed on a big league contract with the first baseman, Albert Pujols. The team announced Monday. Pujols' four-round was released by Los Angeles Angels at the hitting point one two hundred fifty. And 372 in 92 play appearance this season. He will wear number 55 with the Dodgers. To credit, he did not. He did have a better ball tracking than raw results indicate. His 90.5 exit velocity will be the highest since 2015, while his 112 mile per hour max exit velocity will be his best since 2016. Coincidentally, the 2015-16 season will pull up most recent as a, a above average hitter, so the Dodgers might be hoping his moving forward resemble what he did those years, but what he's done in the season since. So this is what's going on with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are currently without multiple first base options, including Corey Bellinger and and Rios, who is expected to miss the rest of the season because of torn Los Angeles players outfield AJ Pollock on the injury list on Saturday as well. So middle pools should give the Dodgers a much needed additional right hand option. Pools can hit the ball. So you have to give him credit on that. Pools is a three-time Most Valued Player Award, as well as a six-time Silver Slugger Award and two-time Gold Glove recipient. He also a ten-time All-Star and two-time World Series champion. His 607 home run put him in fifth of the all-time leader, 29 behind Alex Rodriguez. I want you to understand how a good player he is. And keeping it real with all of you. And these are the statements he read earlier. The role that Andrew Freeman and David Roberts have presented to me is one that I embrace. I decided to be part of the Dodger family. And want to thank Andrew, Dave, and the rest of the Dodgers organization for this opportunity. My goal is the same, and it'll always be to and Angel fans everywhere you, for your support. You always hold a special place in my heart. While everyone in the big league wants to compete every day, I understand the roles do change, and that is something I have for the past couple of years. 
that was uh, we we understand and that is the things are and that is all things are going to be. So you know what? You know what? you know you're forty one, you did all the things. Now if you do want if we grade the retards just like Cruz but we want you to finish the job because you do have a job to do. And we want you to do the best you can. If you understand, we continue to play. If you don't, retire. We're going to remember you for things that you actually come as a great athlete, a great struggle. Uh, so that actually puts the game in heart and not for himself. Uh, Paul, thank you for everything you do. Alright, so. Now, you heard about a little adult for see the thing is pocket holes because Joe Biden is sexual harassment. I'm going to play part of this, okay? My departure from See the Thing Is podcast, as well as the Joe Bun Network. Um, I sat with this for three months, anxiously debating with myself whether I feel comfortable enough to express my reasoning for my departure. I have to read this because um, it's a lot. Uh, After three long months of anxiously debating whether I feel comfortable enough to express my departure for re- for from the See the Thing Is podcast, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't even want to do it again. I just want to get this over with because like it's it's been a lot on my spirit. Yeah. Um, I've had a just kind of just have to. Um, Bear with me as I try to get this out. Um, my departure from See the Thing Is podcast, as well as the Joe Bud Network, I am here today to feel uncomfortable, but find the bravery to finally speak on a very embarrassing situation. Not only to start my healing process, but to help give encouragement to others who have similar stories of sexual harassment in the workplace. On January 18th, 2021, Joe Budden sat in on a recording of the female-led podcast I was a part of and continuously made sexual suggestive remarks to me that made me extremely uncomfortable as well as fearful of dampening the mood if I didn't laugh along while he made those sexual remarks to me. Um, those moments were not only, <clears throat> those moments not only live on the internet forever, it also forced me in the decision of quitting the podcast. And, um, I'm now in a place where it was traumatizing. embarrassing and I've decided that I have to actually speak up because not only was it important for me to walk away from it um embarrassing And I've decided that I have to actually speak up because not only was it important for me to walk away from it, um, it also is important for me to speak up 
not only to help heal myself, but also to probably help others in the future and let them know that this probably wouldn't be the best situation for you to enter into working with this person. Um, Okay, any moment. Um, within these past three months, I'm gonna just be very frank. Within these past three months, after I left, um, I've been feeling stuck mentally, emotionally. Um, I've even had to have a conversation with my daughter on. why it's important for you to speak up when somebody crosses a boundary with you because there is now footage of her mother on the internet with somebody crossing a boundary with her mother and that's on there forever and I want to lead by example and let her know that that is not how somebody should speak to you. And that also is a situation where if somebody does cross that line, you have to speak up. Um, everything that transpired in that episode happened while we were recording. Um, some of it was edited out, some of it did stay in there, and I'm going to reiterate the timestamps of how everything transpired. I'm going to go ahead and start from 13 minutes and 48 seconds. Joe calls me out by saying, I've never reached out to him privately or personally. Um, this information is important to this entire scenario because it proves my lack of familiarity with this person. And that is what makes everything that transpired after that so uncomfortable. Um, even though I tried my best to laugh through it, to not like I said, dampen the mood of the room while we were recording. Um, at 14.34, 14 minutes, 34 seconds, there's an edit in the recording because Joe says, him and I should speak more because, quote, he's been wanting to fuck me since we met. Everyone in the studio, including production staff, laughed uncomfortably while one of my co-hosts confirmed that to be true. I am mortified by this revelation, not only because it's revealed while we are amongst the presence of all of the production staff, but it's also being done while we are also recording audio as well as visual. Um, that scene was cut out, and it jumps to Joe repeating, we should speak more because we have the least dialogue. Um, at 19 minutes and 26 seconds, another edit happens because Joe makes another suggestion to having sex with me. Um, this is shown... Sorry. Joseph makes another suggestion to have sex with me. That scene is edited out, and what is shown in right after that is me closing my eyes, saying no, and then he says, never mind. Um, at 21 minutes, 30 seconds, uh, Joe tells me to hit a button, bitch because I didn't hit a sound effect fast enough. At 24 minutes and 54 seconds, 
Joe makes a comment that I am throwing my singleness in his face, and he thought we were going to be a network power couple. I, and once again, I'm trying to laugh all of this off. As it's transpiring, I reply by saying, sorry, Joe, we're not. At 25 minutes and 42 seconds, I make a comment about relationships in general within the conversation. Joe retorts that my shirt that I was wearing isn't buttoned like, like I'm single. Excuse me, I have to repeat that. My shirt that I'm wearing isn't buttoned like I'm single. I pause, cover my chest with my hand, and try to brush it off once again and continue the conversation. Um, at 31 minutes, 42 seconds, to about 35 minutes and change, Joe makes me feel like I'm a in a hostile work environment by letting my co-hosts know that I'm carrying the group because they don't dress sexy enough. Um, because now, not only am I embarrassed for myself in, in being objectified, but also you're making other women that I have to work with on a regular basis uncomfortable by telling them they don't dress sexy enough. Like I said, this transpired while recording in front of cameras and in front of the entire production staff. So, with that, I'm sorry, um, I pretty much react by looking away and looking down in discomfort several times because he has also said this in the past, and it actually created a passive-aggressive and competitive environment with myself and my former co-host um, where she admittedly attempted to shut down every idea I brought to the table because it wasn't well received by Joe and Ian, his business partner. Um, that same former castmate often relayed group chat conversations back to Joe which I felt, I personally felt was done because she wanted to secure her spot as his favorite because he's made it clear to the entire group that he favors me. Um, fast forward, we usually take a pause for about 10 to 15 minutes uh, during recording to kind of regroup and get to the next segment. During that uh, break, I leave the studio to go inside of the green room where Joe is sitting there alone. Uh, he asked me if I was okay, and I just immediately said, said yes to not even try to further any sort of conversation or uncomfortableness. Um, he then tells me to come, he's going to come back and sit with us and just give an on air hug to lighten the mood. I say, okay. Um, fast forward to two hours, 16 minutes, and three seconds into the show. Uh, Joe turns, uh, well, Joe returns, and he mentions us and just giving our, us our accolades as we've been doing good thus far. Um, this scene is edited once again because rephrase that and go back. Um, he goes down the line to give everyone their accolades. He starts with Mandy. He goes to Bridget. And then once he gets to me, the scene is edited again because he says, Olivia is unique because I want to fuck Olivia and the fans love her. That scene is edited out. Those words are edited out. But what's left there is me widening my eyes in shock and embarrassment because after he asked if I was okay and he said he would come back to lighten the mood, I didn't think he would once again reference to wanting to have sex with me. Um, at 
2 hours, 17 minutes, and 5 seconds in the timestamp, Joe asks if he can give me an on-air hug. My co-host said yes, they assist, and I slowly get up to hug him. Still apprehensive, I give him a hug somewhat of a, of a distance to kind of hug, no pelvis there. Um, it's unbeknownst to me until I actually watch back the episode that he was moving his hips while he was hugging me. Um, I laugh uncomfortably because I'm just, I don't know what else to do at that point. It's, it's nervous laughter at this point. Um, everyone else is like kind of chuckling and I sit back down and at two minutes, 17 seconds and I'm sorry, two minutes, I'm sorry, I'm trying to like just get all this out because at two hours, 17 minutes and 38 seconds after I sit down after the on-air hug, I grab the microphone and I say, this is uncomfortable. Um, that's pretty much the end of the episode that was recorded. After the recording, um, Joe was asked while he was still in the room with everyone, um, if he wanted to delete the parts he made, where he made passes at me, he said he didn't care. As long as I'm fine with it, then the entire room pretty much looked at me and said, I just say I'm fine with it too. Um, feeling pressured, I say I'm fine. Um, a few minutes later, I was called back into the studio to see if I wanted to hear the unedited version again and decide if I really want to keep it in there. I listened to it again, and um, in my ears, it sounded like everybody was laughing. So who am I to say this needs to be taken out? I don't have much say in this situation. I've already been belittled in this situation by being sexually harassed and objectified. Because just to break from me having these bullet points, at the end of the day, that's what sexual harassment in the workplace especially is, belittling someone taking away their dignity in those moments of seeing them less than. So as much as we can say these are jokes, I'm an employee. I didn't have a previous rapport with this person before coming onto this podcast. I didn't have any romantic relations with him, nor did I want to at any given point in time in my life. Um, and many would probably ask, well, if you know the history of Joe Budden, well, why would you sign on to do something like that? Let me tell you right now, if you're going to work and your intention is just to go in and do your job, it should be just that, no matter who's there. If you have no dealings with this person, they even admit to having no outside conversations with you up until that point. At no time should anybody feel comfortable enough to say anything of that nature to you. Um, I don't wish anything that happened to me in that moment on anyone because like I said, it was extremely embarrassing. I am mortified that when people search Olivia Dope, the brand that I've spent 10 years at least building, that comes up. I am mortified that after I quit, I had to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with the child I gave birth to. I'm sorry. That's a fact. It's New York. It's New York. I am mortified that 
I have to have a conversation with the child that I gave birth to because she can find it on the internet, her friends can find it on the her teachers can find it on the internet and say, look, that's your mother being belittled and sexually harassed and called a bitch. And I have to explain to her that is not how someone speaks to you. And told her, if someone does do that, you have to speak up. But I didn't myself speak up until this point. So I was being a hypocrite. How can I tell my child, when someone sexually harasses you, you have to tell someone you have to speak up, and I'm not doing the same thing. So that is literally why I'm here today, to speak up for myself, start my healing process, like I said, and continue on with using my voice. There was attempts to intimidate, attempts to silence me. I can't be silenced. I, I absolutely cannot. Um, after listening to the recording again, um, Joe wasn't Joe, Joe wasn't there. I listened to the recording with the, some of the production staff members. Um, once again, everyone you know chuckled. So I'm like, well, I mean, if everybody's chuckling, just keep that in there. It wasn't until uh, one of my castmates, Mandy, informed me that although the audio sounds funny. I looked uncomfortable. She looked over me and she saw that I was uncomfortable. Um, so she suggested that uh, we shouldn't keep those moments in the episode. And I agreed because I was uncomfortable. Um, so they were edited out. Um, I just wanted to speak my piece. Um, it was really, really hard to even get up to this point. Uh, sorry if I had to speak slow. <laughs> sorry if I had to, like, stutter. And it, I just really had to take the time to really formulate what I was going to say and how I was going to say it because there's so many thoughts that go through my head about this whole scenario, about this situation, that it, 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 it's, it's been hard to even get it out in front of this camera right now. Um, at this point in time, I just recommend any woman that thinks about working with this person in any capacity, please think again. Um, I should have walked into this situation uh, doing a, li a little bit a bit more research on how work environments are with him. Um, I should have take heed to the accusations that have been in the past, even though they are more so in his personal life. Those should have been red flags for me as well. Um, but at the end of the day, regardless of all of that, no one should ever feel comfortable enough to speak the way that person spoke to me, ever. No one should ever feel comfortable enough to make a workplace environment completely hostile and toxic the way that person did. No one should ever feel like they can be sexually explicit and suggestive, not only to you, while you're coming in just trying to work, but also in front of the entire production staff to belittle you. It should never happen. After I left, well, I, once I decided to quit, I informed my lawyer. My lawyer got on a phone call with his lawyer and informed his lawyer that these are the reasons why my client is leaving this network. She will not be returning. Um, once
once my lawyer uh, informed his lawyer, I then informed my castmates via text, explaining to them that I am not built for the Joe Budden Network. Um, my apologies to them, but I've prayed on it, I've meditated on it, but it, this is just not the right fit for me. Um, no one responded in that moment, and I was removed from the group chat. But I did speak to both of them a week after. Uh, also, uh, after my departure, Joe then went on his podcast and uh, made this statement. Excuse me, hold on one second. Joe made this statement on his podcast. Alright, that is it for that part right there, and it is that part we are just going to play it up to the end of the the end of the motion of everything. So this is very very important. So that's why you. So this is a child challenge. So we. We want things to happen again in peace and all that stuff be great to see in the near future. So that was a long video and a long statement. So So that's actually gonna look good in the future. So that's why So that's why it's all looking nice. So that's still a couple. So, so the other school trial on trials and all right, it says Lundell. Long away electric children trials will begin next month on June seventh. The city train council announced that these three school companies to out rentals up to twelve months apart the plot dot line and tier private on electric school will continue to be legal to ride on the street. So their scooters are coming out. And they're also coming out with a operating system on smart watches. So they're coming out with all that so check all those out. Alright, thank you for this long podcast. It was a long video, it was a long stuff. And I'll see you guys around. Thank you.
your man's not calling. You keep falling, victim cause you're insecure. And when I tell you that you're beautiful, you can't be sure. Cause he don't seem to want you back and it's got you asking. So all you see is what you lack and not what you packing. For my man that loves what you got. Baby girl, you a star, don't let him tell you you're not. Now is it real? Eyebrows, fingernails, hair, is it real? If it's not, girl, you don't care. Cause what's real is something that the eyes can't see. Open up that cell, let my brother out of jail. I got money for the bill. 